Tell me about the time you were taking a shit in front of a real, actual Picasso. Not a fucking fake, like an actual Picasso worth close to maybe a million dollars. Oh, shit. Yeah. And you were shitting a meter away from it. <laughs> yeah, right. No workers, man. Uh, so I knew this guy, and we used to, like, get on it together a lot, like when I was living in Sydney. And I always kind of thought he was, like, this poor guy. Yeah, right. He's, he's fucking entertaining. Like, a really entertaining dude. He's how'd actually, you, how'd you meet him? If he came from like a rich area and you were from like the opposite side of the tracks, it was kind of bars and shit. Okay, yeah. yeah. And like, we had similar friends and stuff. He was kind of really into music and we were all rapping and stuff. But yeah, he's just, he's funny, dude. He's actually pretty famous right now. I'm not going to say who it is. Yeah. But yeah, he's, um, so this is a famous guy everyone mostly knows. Yeah. But we don't want to, <laughs> you don't want to say the name. Yeah, he wasn't famous at the time. But yeah, Why he, don't you want to say the name? Because you were getting up to really. Bad shit. Yeah, I don't know if he wants people to know this. Oh, we'll get to that later then. Because if, <laughs> if we can, if we can keep his anonymity, then maybe we can divulge what you guys were getting up to. Right. But anyway, <laughs> I, so yeah, take a swig of your beer because I know it's. So you're um hanging out with this guy. Uh, you have a bit of a bromance. Yeah. Yeah, and then. A oh, very funny dude, and then um, so after like maybe about six or seven months of us hanging out. He's like, oh, I'm having my birthday party. Come to me dad's house and we'll fucking party there. I go there and it's like a freaking mansion, bro. Do you know where? Whereabouts? It's in Redfin. Redfin. Yes. Is so, that a rich area? Well, like it used to be a poor area, but it like has become a rich area. Oh, uh, like Yarraville. Yeah. Yeah. It was like. Because when I was a kid, Yarraville was a fucking dump. Yeah. Well, like there's a really like, there's some, some real shitty streets that you don't want to walk down in Redfin, but there's also like a lot of really nice places. And his dad lived above an art gallery. So his dad was like a massive art dealer kind of dude. Wow. He had like a massive tree growing in the middle of the fucking, of the house. Like, it was it, like surrounding a tree. Inside. Inside, yeah. It was so weird, bro. Oh, you're talking like a couple of mil, the house. Oh, yeah. Oh, more than that. It's in Sydney, bro. Right. So it's like rich as fuck. So when you when you laid eyes on this house, you were like, fuck, this yeah. dude is rich. Oh, dude. Yeah, and was, I've been shouting him drinks. I was what looking the at the dude. He's just like fucking... Is is the loopiest dude, but I guess like he was raised rich, so like he's always had his dad to fall back on, so he's got his own problems. Yeah, but yeah, so I'm, so I'm still like spinning out, and so I've taken a few pills, so I got the pill shits, and I went to the toilet. I'm doing a shit, and I'm looking in front of me, and I'm a huge fan of art, like massive fan. I find that interesting about you. I I wouldn't have put those two together, you know. But yeah, my fan of art. Yeah, like fine art, like yeah. I've been drawing since I was a kid. Yeah, well, of course, tattooing. Uh, yeah. Or, well, like, back when I was a kid, I couldn't read or write. So I'd just yeah. draw all that the time. That makes sense, yeah. yeah. And I, I loved it, and I'd, like, admire other people's artworks. So but you I, knew about Picasso's work and... Yeah, yeah. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, like, like I watch a lot of documentaries and shit. And if you don't know who like Picasso is, it's a, it's a chick on acid. Like, her face is all... Yeah. It's all that distorted <laughs> shit. Is that called abstract or... Yeah, I think so. I don't know the technical word. Yeah, I th- it's just like he he looked at things in the weirdest way. It's something you think you could paint. Yeah, yeah like it looks like grade one shit. Yeah, yeah, except like it's all like an eye over here and yeah. shit. But yeah, so I'm I'm doing a shit in his toilet. I look forward and it's just like a Picasso sketch there, like with a fucker side Picasso. I'm like, this is nah, that can't be right. But uh, then again, there's a tree inside this house. Yeah, I was like, holy fuck, this is a Picasso sketch. And he put it in the toilet so you can look at it while you shit. Wow. Like, weird, weird move. It wasn't, like, I would get it if it was pissing. Like, if it was in mm. front of you while you were having a piss. Because it's like, I'm just here, like, because peeing's like a general nice feeling. 
I've been doing a shit. It's like getting like fucked from the inside out. So what? What was the? Th- what? What is the psychology before behind that? He wanted you to let it sink in while you took a shit that yeah. he had a Picasso. Yeah, probably. He wanted <laughs> you to really fucking really no. Just like this is how rich I am. Like holy <laughs> fuck. For the next nine minutes, I'm going to be realizing this guy's got a fucking Picasso. Yeah, I, I couldn't look at him the same again. Or maybe it was a case of you'll need to sit down to see this. Yeah, or think... maybe it's just one for the ladies. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, his dad's probably getting laid all the time, being that rich. You know, rich people. But yeah, he's no, I don't. Yeah, I don't I'm, know many. I know a few. Like weirdly enough, they they like me. I don't know what it is. It's like they like my comedy. They're like this. I think it's because they're as fucked in the head as me. It's like the opposite side of the scale. I completely agree with that. I think the ultra rich and the ultra poor are fantastic people. It's the climbers that fuck it all up for everyone else. The middle class. Oh, the yeah. people that want to ascend. Yeah. And put goals and make... Hey, where I'm at right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> I don't know. I've got goals and shit. No, nah, but yeah. shooting for the stars. Like, uh, you know, property and all that shit. Oh, no. Fuck that. Like, I actually like, got a loan so I could have cr- a credit rating uh, so I could buy a house one day. And then I was just like, I don't even want a house or to pay off this credit card. <laughs> like, a... So going back to the, the to the toilet, you saw the Picasso. Did you come out and go, hey, man, there's a fucking Picasso in your toilet? Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, that's dad's. Yeah. It's just fucking, it's just so whatever about it, man. It was, wow. uh, it's a weird situation, man. Weird, weird knowing, like, who he is now too it's like oh it makes sense and i watch all these things and it's always like i don't know it's it's like you don't fit like you were brought up too well to be acting like this you know <laughs> like i think but still lovely dude right so you're saying the performer in question who we can't name you think it's an act he's or he was he's ex, he's expressing or she's expressing themselves that they're from a rough upbringing when they're really not is that the part of their yeah, character yeah well he never brought it up like there was the like you think about like if you lived in a place where there's a shitter and you look forward and there's a Picasso, you'd be like, Oh my dad's got a Picasso in the toilet. Mm. Like you'd think you'd drop it somewhere. Mm. But I don't know. Maybe he was just hiding it because he was worried. I don't know. He just wanted to have fun with everybody. So like whatever. It's all good. At the time when you were in how old were you at this time? It's probably like twenty four. Twenty four. Had you done stand up yet? Nah, no. Nah, I was rapping though. Oh, you were rapping? Yeah. Writing your own lyrics and No, I was learning how to read and write. So, like, I could freestyle really well uh, from when I was young. Like, I started rapping when I was, like, 13. And I, I'd just do it off the top of the head and battle people and crap like that. And then um, all my friends started, like, making it. Like, they started, like, like making albums and, like, making money off it and shit. And I'm like, dude, I need to, I need to start learning how to read and write or fucking... I'm right. The- so you saw friends in rap entering some form of circuit. Like in New South Wales kind of thing. Yeah. So they were doing regular shows around, like there was a circuit. Yeah, yeah. There's plenty of Aussie hip hop around. Mm. I thought we just had the hilltop hoods <laughs> and uh, maybe some a couple of indigenous people. That's it. Yeah, no, this heaps. Is it way bigger? It's huge, man. I got mates that like sell out. Like, nah, you're right. It is. I spoke to Joel Pierce. Like he told me it's yeah. it's big. It's a big game. Big. It's not really my jam anymore. Like, it's not my massive thing. Do you think uh, stand-up will be your jam forever? Do you think 100%, you, yeah. You think you can be doing stand-up until you can't no more, until your body or mind won't let you? Yeah, definitely, man. I think that about you as well. Every now and then you meet, well, not every, every now and then, you come across comedians all the time, yeah. and you can either categorize them in someone who's going to stay here forever, 
or someone who's going to leave yeah. very quickly. I sat down with a comedian who I won't mention the name of, but I wanted to vomit all over his face. Yeah. Why? <laughs> you could just tell. I just said, why do you do stand-up? And he goes, I just want to become a talk show host, a game oh, show Jesus host. fuck, bro. <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus. <laughs> Holy crap. I'm like, wow, full respect, but I can't respect that. So I take that back. I realize I just said <laughs> something that doesn't make sense. Fuck, that's weird as. How can you do stand-up just so that you could enter TV to be a Wheel of Fortune host? Yeah, it's a it's I mean, a it's a choice. better gig than I've got right now, so I can't. Yeah, I guess like there's mock you der- with derisory, but I just, I just think, fuck, really. There's also like comedians trying to like get on Channel Ten on the project, which I find weird as well. Like, they're like, yeah. oh, I want to, I want to get on the project and things like that. And I'm like, no, I want to do like the darkest, most fucked up shit I can think of and make it eatable. Like one of the darkest, most fucked up shit I have is I'd love to if I won Powerball, like insane Powerball, like 130 mil. I'd like to buy a chunk of Channel 10 and regularly put Chris Waynehouse as a panel <laughs> member on <laughs> the project. A. Full time. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck it, And he has to have at least five pints before we start filming. <laughs> yeah. right? Chris is your regular, everyday yeah. panel host. Oh, he's definitely one of my favorite like comedians out eh? Absolutely. He's like one of the first comedians that talked to me when I came to Melbourne kind of thing. I think I kind of got cancelled really quick. When did you move here to do stand-up? Um... 30. 2016. Okay. So I've been here for five years, I'm guessing. Is that right? Yeah. And what's your impression of Melbourne when you first came here? The Dude, circuit. It was a rough trot, bro, for me. Because, like, I came yeah. in, like, doing, like, darkish shit. And at the yeah. time, it was super PC. Like, I didn't, like, I was going around in rooms, like, waiting to see someone else doing something that I was doing, and it wasn't happening. I think I got cancelled, like, straight off the bat. Like, I got up and I did a joke about how good it would be to have an anorexic partner. Yep. And um, everyone laughed. So, like, the audience members were loving it. <laughs> and then, like, after I was like, I did good. And I walked outside and there was, like, three women there. And they were like, you're a piece of shit. And I'm like, why? And they're like, that joke was horrific. You shouldn't make fun of anorexic people. And I'm like, I wasn't. Mm. I was saying how good they are. <laughs> and, like, uh, I was like, did you hang around to the end and hear the end of it? And they're like, no, nah, nah, tell me what it is. And I'm like. So the end of the joke goes, look, I'm not trying to say if you want to be with me, you have to starve with yourself. I'm just saying if you were to be with me, I'd judge you on who you are on the inside and not what you wait. Mm. So it's got like a positive message. It's like the least funniest bit about the fucking joke. And they're yeah. like, not good enough. And I'm like, well, maybe you're retarded. And they're like, bah. what I didn't realize is that they were like female comics. Mm. And I basically just called them all a bunch of fucking idiots. And, mm. and then they went and po- posted a big rant on like some women's comedy page about it. And then it was just hard for me to get gigs. <laughs> really? It's never gotten easier. <laughs> like, I still got to hustle. Well, going back to your joke, like I, I just can't people see it's my whole, my whole thing is it's, it's a, it's a comedy stage, right? It's a comedy stage. So I can joke about murdering someone. Uh, I can joke about um, being a kitty fiddler, I guess. If you want to. It's a stage for stand-up comedy. And if you think you can't do material on being a pedophile, uh, Louis C.K.'s pulled it off. Bill Burr's pulled it off. you just got to be good enough. Yeah. Sarah Silverman's pulled it off. You've just got to be good enough. Um, Amy Schumer has also pulled it off in one of her specials. you just got to be good enough. And I think no one really wants to be with an anorexic partner because it's probably fucking hell. Can't they see you're joking? Like yeah. to, to watch another human being that you love and cherish falling away 
losing weight day in, day out, slowly withering away, not eating and dying is fucking tragic. But some people deal with their issues by making yeah, joke or like this is a, a joke about it. It was it's about just... me. Like I used to like have anorexia when I was young, and um, and I, I was trying to like, I generally just like get an idea about myself, and I like try to think of some positives to it. Like I'm always trying to like make light of horrible situations. And I think I'm like ah, oh, because horrible shit happens. Like especially in like poor areas or like people who are like had like kind of messy upbringings. It's like bad shit happens just all the time. So, so can, you, can I just, uh, just before you rush away with too many points, you, you, so that joke about anorexia, you think it was coming from a place of for yourself to deal with you having anorexia as a child? Yeah. Well, like, I would, how, how old were you? If, if you I'm on know. and off. Last time I had it was probably like four years ago. What's it? Are you, is it bulimia or anorexia? Anorexia. So I don't eat. At all? Yeah. Like I'll just stop. I'll I'll try not eat for as long as I can, and if I do eat, it will just be like something little. How long does that last? If you if I don't if I could pry, uh, I don't know, like usually like a couple of days, like and then you need to eat something. But like it's weird, like your head starts thinking everything's poison. So like it's like you go into a shop, and you're like not eating that poison, not eating that poison. You know, like it's a uh, really yeah. two two days is a fast though. Yeah, yeah, but like you don't eat heaps. Once you, you don't fill up, like, and then you continue. So you just have like a little bit. Okay, and you. And okay. then you continue not eating for a couple more days. Okay, got you. Because bulimia, yeah. I've spoken to another comedian who's who suffered bulimia, and uh, she was telling me that bulimia is, uh, uh, forgive me if I'm incorrect, but you vomit after a meal. Yeah. After every meal. And it got so bad that her teeth fucked up because. Yeah, that's a real thing. Oh, that's acidity. Yeah, I really, so, I really like my teeth, so I was like, I'm not gonna vomit. So it you up. just won't eat yeah. because I do what you're doing, but the, I call it fasting. But I <laughs> eat after like a. I'm the longest I've done is a 22, 23 hour fast, but nice. then I'll I'll eat and I'll eat well. Yeah. Uh, but you don't. You eat the most smallest amount of food and keep going. Yeah, and like also like like nothing with like in my head poison. So it's like just like something healthy. You know, like maybe like a carrot, like bang a carrot down, done. See how long you can keep going on that. Fuck, can I, why? I don't get it. I just, I just want to ask why, if I can. I do apologize if I'm pushing, but I just don't know why people, why do you do that? I think like. Where does it come from? When I was a kid, someone of authority used to say, you're fat, useless, and your mum's a slut. Just like on repeat until I fought him. And like, it just kind of stuck in my head. So like. They really cared about the way that they looked, and they were kind of pushing that on me. So in my head, I started thinking, I'm fat, and I always seen myself as fat. And I was like, how come I'm not losing weight? And then, like, even when I'm, like, even when I'm at my skinniest, I still thought I was fat. Fucking hell. So this guy would say, you're fat, and your mum's a slut, and you'd be like, I can't help my mum being a slut, but I can help me being fat, so I won't eat. Well, like, to be fair, he was right about my mum, and, <laughs> and I was, I guess, like, I was a little bit fat at the time. He used to say, you're fat, useless, and your mum's a slut. To be honest, it was, like, pretty good advice, you know? Like, it really helped me, like, because, you know, as an adult now, I, I like, try to keep reasonably healthy, you know, like, cautious of loose women, you know, and I try to be the best at everything. So, like, some good things stuck in, some bad things stuck in, you know? Mm. I'm not complaining. Right. So that's where it started. Yeah. And then that manifested itself into trying to lose weight so you lose weight by just fucking not eating and everything you went to put in your mouth felt like you ascribed it a definition as poison yeah 
and that allowed your brain to put it down. Well, like I'll try exercise and eating well first, but mm. like no matter what was going on, I still felt like I was fat. And I was like, this isn't working. I need to try something else. And I'm like, just try not to eat. Like even now I fast since like, since after lockdown anyway. Like I'm just not eating during the day and I'll eat something at night. Mm. And like, that's just to lose weight because it's an easy way to lose weight. Okay, so from that childhood, that manifests itself into an anorexic trait that you possess. And then you can, get up on stage, you process it on stage, you turn it into a joke. Yeah. And then comedians come and lash out at you and say, you can't make fun of anorexia. Yeah. Well, I'm they like, don't know the bigger fucking picture. Yeah, exactly. And that's what it's, that's my point about all stand up. You don't know. Sometimes they may miss the mark, but we're all trying. Yeah, well, like most of the jokes are like, that, that night it didn't miss the mark either. Like that night it fucking landed. Yeah, uh, real well. They were angry that it landed because another guy got up after me and just like said obscenities, like horrible. And they ended up, they went upset with him because they didn't get laughs. They were just mm. going like, oh, he bombed. But I did well. It's funny, like afterwards, it's the first time I met Gabe Hogan. Right? I love Gabe. She's like one of my best buddies, like one of my favorite people. Just a nice person. Like um, I walked, I walked up to her afterwards because she was emceeing and I was like, that went well, right? I got laughs. And she was like, I think they were laughing at you and not with you and then a group of guys walked up just as she was saying like you're the best tonight oh you fucking rocked and i was like eh. <laughs> sorry game and she, she was nice to me after that she was lovely so you got uh so you got canceled from that gig yeah well, i pretty much like i couldn't get another gig anywhere really i was trying really what is that what is that does that uh i don't know i guess fuck i guess how, what does that feel like like in terms of does it make you stronger in terms of i'm gonna write my way yeah well or like, does it make you go okay how do i pander and write some sort of material that's going to appease the masses and well like i did for a bit like quite a while i was like how can i say these things because there's obviously like a wrestling match going on in your head what do i do do i creatively stick to my guns or do i just yeah well like i kind of like not all my jokes are fucked up. Like, sometimes I just get an idea and I put it together. And I'm like, that's good. I like that. I'm going to use that. But, like, when they're fucked up, it's like, I for a while there, like, it's only till pretty much recently, I'd be like, oh, like, how can I say this to keep people, the people that aren't going to like this happy? You know, like, I'd try to wrap, wrap that around my head. Like, how can I make, how can I say this so they don't leave, but the other people still get to laugh? So tactfully. Yeah, tactfully and shit. Mm. And then, um... Well, that's a great skill to have in stand-up. It's a fucking very good skill. Yeah, but it started fucking up with the, just fucking up the jokes. Like a, like There's a, a way you could uh, finesse it, right? You could just yeah. mask it a bit so the crowd don't... Yeah, but the, then there was like these... So like then all of a sudden my jokes start getting... Like I could say this, but I say this. This gets less laughs, but it makes them happy. Or I could say this, which gets more laughs, but it will upset them. And I've just... I've decided like recently like i had this kind of thing where like i showed i had like a video of me doing like a fat people joke or whatever and i showed dan from the lounge and he was like nah you can't do that on the stage it's too dark it's so fucked up and i was like and look i didn't get upset run away and fucking make a make a big big thing dan and the lounge boys are probably some of the nicest people i've ever met yeah i yeah, went away i'm like i'm not gonna get lighter than that so this means i can just do what i want now i just started writing jokes Whatever the fuck I wanted to see how it goes. And they've been they've been doing a lot better, to be yeah. honest. Yeah. They're not like mid laughs. It's like I'm kinda of just getting to this point where it's just like that's working. 
Well, so it should because how many years are you in now? This is you're in like six, six years. So you know your brain is starting to wire synapses that can comprehend a piece of material and re, you know say it in a way that's going to produce a punchline. Yeah. So you're learning. You 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 haven't got that when you start doing stand up. Um, yeah, I mean it's raw. It's fucking raw. You go to any new open mic night and you just see a lot of raw comedy that's just incorrect not not enough structure inappropriate not not structured misses the mark all the time but as a comedian that's that's i love those gigs because i I can it's like you play a puzzle what's the act trying to articulate yeah true that i I like i like going and watching comedy too like i do like i always hang around after me set or before it or whatever just because i'm like i kind of love this shit Mm. Like, I love watching it. I like seeing what people are doing, seeing their jokes, you know, like seeing their angles. Like, mm. I enjoy the whole thing. So, it's, I guess I probably drink a little bit too much, but whatever. No, you, <laughs> no, nah. rubbish. Ah, I'm on my second one so far. How long have we been going? <laughs> your anorexia doesn't stretch to your alcohol consumption, though, does it? No, I love drinking. Yeah. So, while, are you serious? So, during your period, then it's not anorexia, man. Yeah. I don't know, like I'm not eating. It's like this special drinking allowed anorexia. <laughs> I think it's worse for you to drink while you've got that problem. <laughs> How do you not want to smash a kebab? Oh, dude, you do. You just, just everything becomes poison. It's the best way to describe fuck. it. Yeah, like I'd, I'd go through a shop, like 7-Eleven, and I'd be like, I can't eat anything here. I'll get a water. If I wasn't drinking, if I wasn't eating for 26 hours or however long you would abstain from food and then drank, one beer would just send me right over. Yeah, I'd get, yeah. Well, like, I've got a really good tolerance for booze. Yeah. I can drink for fucking, I can drink all night. Like, some people need drugs, and I know I do take drugs on the occasion, but it's like, um, I don't really need it. Are you still drinking, are you still drinking every day? Nah. nah. Yeah. No, I've gotten over the COVID thing. Yeah, because last time we caught up, you were like, ah, I'm drinking every day. I'll stop soon. Yeah, well, like, I wasn't working then. I got my job back, and I'm like, all right, time to start eating a bit healthier. You know, starve myself during the day, only drink sometimes. Mm. I haven't been doing comedy a couple of times sober. It's easy, man. Like, it's not hard. I think I just like drinking. Like, and and it's not much difference. I think when I'm sober, I can kind of tell what's going on around me. I'm gauging the audience a little bit more, but like I'm generally just doing material. Like I've got, I don't really like improvise too much anymore. Do you enjoy performing straight? Uh, sorry, do you prefer do you prefer performing sober, tipsy, or drunk? Probably like all of them. Yeah, it's a. What if I, what if I had to force you to prioritize them? Into our one, two, three. All right, so sober, tipsy, so tipsy, yep. sober, drunk. Okay, yeah. Hey, so it's it, I don't mind doing it drunk. There, there used to be a time where I'd like um, I think Dor said it to me once. He was like, the one thing that fucks me about you is that you could be passed out on a table, like before a gig, and as soon as you hear your name, you get up, rock up, and just now like now you you don't forget any bits of your jokes. Yeah, it's like nail it perfectly. And I'm like, yeah, because I fucking, I think about them all the time. Yeah, you've got the um, Chris Franklin gene, my friend. Oh, wow. Yeah, Chris Franklin can drink himself stupid, 
just and get up slur, and smack it. And then when they call his name on stage, he's got he's just straight up and he's articulate, eloquent. Yeah. I just reckon he's playing a tape in his brain. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like the problem old when you're blind. TDK cassette tape because he's got his same bits from like 30 years ago. And <laughs> he's just put the pencil in, wind it, press play, and away he goes. And um, hey, it works. He smashes it. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great to see. It's uh, I, I'm in awe of it. I'm like, how the fuck do you do that? Because I can't have if I have more than three beers, I start slurring. Oh, right. Really? And that affects my performance. Oh shit. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pardon me. No, you're right, man. Feel free. These burps are gonna be in here. I'm just stinking up the room with my fucking burps, <laughs> my pizza breath. <laughs> like, Did you have pizza for dinner? I had a pizza roll. Oh, pizza roll. Yeah. Uh, what is this American contraption called a pizza roll? What it's, is it? It's like a, it's like a kind of scroll with like cheese and stuff in it. So you bake it in the oven? No, you just I just brought it from Woolies and just nice. Eh. Well, like I didn't ha- I didn't have time to cook dinner, so I was just like, fuck it, I'll just do that. Yeah. Well, speaking of food being poison, you just had poison for dinner. Oh yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm not worried now. You know, <laughs> okay. Like I'm losing weight, but I'm not like I'm not obsessing. I'll fall back into it one day, though. Like, Do you want to lose weight? Yeah. Are you happy with the way you look? Um, you look the same to me. Like, yeah, everyone Have you put it. on? Yeah, I put on, like, what was it? I think I was, I think I was, like, under 90 before lockdown. Under 90? Okay. Yeah. How now, tall? Are you six foot? Six one. Six one. Okay. Yeah. So then, you should be about 82 kilos. Yeah, around that. Yeah. Like 85 or something. And you're sitting at 90... Right now, I'm sitting at 103. Whoa. Okay, so three is the pizza roll, and 100 <laughs> is Nenki. <laughs> just one roll. Yeah. Like, I'm not too obsessed with it. It's just like my head snaps in and out of it. I feel like it's gotten easier to deal with now. Yeah, look, it's fine. How old are you, Nenki? Like 37. Okay, 37. Shit will change. Well, now. You'll feel it now. As of now, going forward, six beers when you wake up feels like you've had a slab my hangovers are fucking horrific. Mm. What I if that's what I'm 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 grateful for hangovers because it hangovers have not made me an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. And I thank the Lord for hangovers because they have made me abstain from big nights. I think twice about big nights. Yeah. I put them in my diary and I'm like, yeah, all right, I've got to clear work around those few days, <laughs> so I have my special blankie and my Netflix specials, so I can just recover. You know what's weird? Like I could drink during the week, like at a gig, right? And I'll wake up, I'll feel hungover. I'll just get up, go to work, and start fucking panel beating. Mm. And the hangover's gone by like 10 a.m. But if I lay in bed all day, it's there all day. Because a hangover is banging and noise inside your head. So your hangover's going, this cunt's banging and making a noise outside of this head. <laughs> Let's let so it go. we can <laughs> take the day off. True that. He's already feeling this shit. True that. No, I like, I like that thought. I'll remember that. I think it's exercising. Someone once told me, like I used to run a lot. And um, like when I was like 30 to like 32 or three or something like that, I was just trying to like get a lots of, lots of runs in this chick's like, um, when you're hungover, wake up and go for a sprint around the block. You're going to wow. vomit. But by the end of the sprint, your hangover's gone. Fuck. So I used to do it sometimes. Like not all the times. Like just if I had something to do and it would work. Yeah, you just fucking, it's like shocking yourself out of it. I guess so. The the only one real cure for the hangover is uh, 
uh, all the Christians listening, not drinking. Well, no, <laughs> fuck, fuck you. Fuck Let's not go that far. Let's not be crazy. Um, there's one true yeah. hangover, and it's uh, it's in the West West London. I became aware of it when I lived in London. In the west side of London, you pay 200 pounds, which is like 400 bucks, and you go into this clinic in the morning after your big bender, and they hook you up to an IV drip, and for 90 minutes, they pump in hydrolyte and electrolytes. Holy shit. Uh, and uh, straight into your veins. Yeah, I think I've seen something like that. And yeah. two hours later, because the whole point of a hangover is you're completely dehydrated and you've starved your body of its natural salts and minerals and trace elements that it needs to feel hydrated. So you go straight into the vein. Oh, word. And, yeah. Yeah. Turns out I'm terrified of needles, bro. So that's what West London does. And East Side London, where I was living, we had the convenience store with sausage rolls and pies. That's all we had. <laughs> that's just as good. And you know what the fuck thing about England is? They sold those, they'd sell you a sausage roll and a pie, and they didn't have fucking tomato sauce. Why not? What country is that? Yeah. Like, I never use tomato sauce, but like, Jesus. It's got to be there, man. I want the choice. Yeah, it's... Uh, I want them to ask me and offer me a free one, and I can be like, I don't want you. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm, I'm smooth like that. I like your statue, bro. Yeah, it's my. Uh, I don't know. She reminds me of like a fucking alien. Yeah, definitely. Like an alien crossed with a woman. Do you Probably believe my in ideal one. Yeah, of course I believe in aliens. Fuck you, man. Yeah, you ever seen anything like you? No, nah, I've seen nothing. But I just think. Now, what do you mean in terms of do I believe in aliens? Do I believe in little green men that have visited, or do I believe in aliens as in they're out there? Little in the green universe? men that have visited. Um, I'm gonna go towards yes. Yeah, what? Only because of uh, Travis Walton, his UFO story. You got to look it up on YouTube. I don't know which one you're talking about. You know Travis Walton? Yeah, what? Yeah, I've known that for years, ever since I was a kid. Yeah. Um, oh, the fire in the sky. That, fire, that was the movie they made about yeah. it. I've watched, I've watched a lot of his, like, uh, I've seen him on a lot of podcasts. Yeah. His talks are really weird. Like, he kind of, like, pauses too much, just like that. He's like, oh, and, um, yeah. Uh, like, like yeah, he, he talks weird. That. Yeah, he's he, not, he does do that, I must admit. And if you go back, you see his first speeches, uh, very, like, static. Uh, and then as time progresses and he gets older, he, he becomes more eloquent. Yeah, it would. But that's just public speaking. But his story hasn't changed. I've seen a UFO once. Like a silver one. Like, all right, like I've seen things in the sky on drugs. All right, wait, hang on. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because everyone watching <laughs> is going to go, come on, Nenki, what were yeah. you on? So well, like, what, what, was, what were you on? Nothing. Zero? Nothing. All right, all right. So me and my friends used to go play basketball. Hang on, were you on no food at all? No, nah, well? I was eating. Okay. <laughs> Good just in case. Yeah. <laughs> but um, the only real, like, I've seen, like, things moving around at night kind of thing in the sky, but, like, never with, like, a large group of people with a large, like, so it was, like, me and my friends, and there was a women's football game going on beside us on, like, an oval, and there was, like, a little silver thing in the sky, like a proper, like, it looked like a, your typical UFO-looking thing. Like, way up in the sky, it was just kind of, like, moving, like, that way too quick. Mm -hmm. At the time, I think I was probably, like, 16 and me and my mates were like what the fuck is that and like we we're just like staring at it for ages and then we walked over to the people that were like watching the footy game we we're like hey what do you think that is and they're like it's ufo i'm like it is right there's no way around it's like a little silver disc flying in the sky daytime or nighttime daytime oh wow yeah so like everybody at the football like the women's football game kind of stopped as well like cause they're like what's going on like so everyone was just kind of staring at this thing it was before camera phones and shit but after that i was like 
there's flying objects. You know, there's weird flying objects. And the only thing that I could like say that it moved like was a drone. Like before drones, way before drones. But a drone can't make those sharp angles, right? Yeah, but not in a, such a fluid, fast fashion. Yeah, because it was like there, and then it would just like, like yeah. you'd see the movement, but it would stop dead. Yeah, dr- I, a drone is. Yeah, it can't be as f- fine as that movement. Yeah, as went, strict as that. I went down some crazy alien holes then. Like, <laughs> you know, I was paying way too much attention to them, like googling shit. Oh like, yeah, they're real. And the now, furthest I got was um, David Icke. David Icke? I went all the way down David Icke's rabbit hole with uh, reptilian aliens. Oh, real? Yeah, reptilians are here from another world. and But I lost him. I've done this on stage. <laughs> really? I lost him when he said that um, the royal family, they're all descendant from lizard people. <laughs> and the joke I say is like, well, that's bullshit now because Steve Irwin met the queen. He would have smelt a lizard and tackled her to the <laughs> ground and hogtied her and stepped on her throat. Yeah, he totally would have. Though. In, a, in a split second because that's his impulsive reaction on yeah. how to handle lizards of that size. Um, but, yeah, so I reckon, yeah, I, I reckon there's a really good UFO story on it. But there's... UFO phenomena is making the news again. I don't know why, but even the American government is like in the process of disclosing. Yeah, they are disclosing a whole heap of aerial phenomenon that they can't explain. One of the best books I've read about it is from a journalist called Leslie Keen, and she wrote a book called UFO, but it was only UFO reports from military or government people. Oh, yeah, word. So all the um, rednecks in America, all the Nenkis in Sydney going, what the fuck? <laughs> I was in Byron Bay, actually. Oh, right, Byron Bay. Yeah, well, fuck, man. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, all those were gone, and they just dealt with um, strictly uh, Air Force personnel, corresponding radar images. So you know how you said it was zigzag across the sky? They actually, she would actually produce evidence of radar footage and how it would zigzag. And they were yeah. like, no plane can do that. Can go from zero to 3,000 miles an hour and then dead stop and then turn left. Yeah, fucking I. So, yeah, I think... I got a little bit, like, bored of... Like, because I got obsessed with it and then I got bored of it. And yeah, I was because like, it never ends. You yeah. do your fucking head in. You have to pull out. Yeah, fucking I. There's, there's like... You'll go mad. The next step is to join a MUFON, like a UFO research group, and yeah. go on camps with them. Or just and, a straight-up cult. Or a cult, yeah. Well, they are a cult, I reckon. Yeah? But yeah, I, they look. I've there was a time where I wanted to go away on holidays with them, but you pay a bit of money and you go UFO watching in campsites and yeah. Mm. I went to like a UFO UFO cult initiation meeting once accidentally. <laughs> right, so like me and my mates we were drinking in Byron, funnily enough, same place. Where else? Jesus, but yeah, um, there was like all these posters around the place. It's like, <laughs> do you believe in UFOs? come behind this bar and we'll talk about it kind of thing like it was like a weird <laughs> poster so me and my mate went there and it was like they were like oh there was this there's this great prophet they even said prophet they're like great prophet who um oh god who he felt some tene- telekinetic force to walk into a volcano and a ufo ship came down and landed him and then showed him how to rewrite the bible or stuff that's like fucking that. L. Ron Hubbard. Is it Scientology? That's Scientology. Did he man. go into a va- volcano? Well, oh shit, I'm not going to do Cause, Scientology. Because uh, uh, I'm I'm a fan of Scientology. Like, if I was going to join a religion, it'd be that one. Why? 
because it's so fake, bro. Like, it's everybody knows, man. <laughs> like, even the people in that cult are like, whatever. <laughs> like, no, they don't. That's just the thing. The people in Scientology are fucking hardcore. As you progress in the ranks, you become more cooked. A lot more of your income gets siphoned off for the cause. A lot oh, more of your time gets siphoned off for the cause. You become like this... Uh, like in closed off being from the rest of your family anyone who's not part of scientology come on man just watch louis theroux or Eddie i actually Rock. have watched the documentaries on it but it's just kind of like eh. like I, I was having sex with this chick that was a scientologist once and um she didn't tell me until like kind of like weirdly enough a bit into the sex she just like dropped it because we were kind of talking like while we were like tired fucking He's like, I'm a Scientologist. <laughs> tired fucking? Tired fucking. It's like, uh. <laughs> What's a tired fuck? Is it's that like half, he's a tired from assed. fucking and like, so she kind of like lays on top of you. You've got to do material about tired fucking. I have. Because I reckon I so have. many couples have done tired fucking. Yeah. Well, it's like she like. Horny, but. She lays on top of you, like flat, and you lay on your back and you just kind of have to move your crutch. And that's and it. And she like rests her head there and you're like. So you're half asleep, <laughs> but no, you just have discussions. Like, oh, I use it. I use it time to get to know them, you know. <laughs> but yeah, she she told me she was a Scientologist, and I was like, oh, well, I'm still gonna finish this sex, but we I cannot respect you anymore. And it's not because of the Scientology; it's the it's the religious people. Like, I I find it hard to respect religious people. Mm. Like people believe in like God or things like that. It's like, man, you'll find out when you're dead, you know. Like, even if it is real, like it could be real, who knows? But you'll only really know when you're dead. Do you think, well, uh, do you think, uh, I don't know, like there's no God? Like, are you are you a staunch atheist? Nah, no, nah, I'm agnostic. So yeah, it's like, that's there what could I, be. I, I'm agnostic. Yeah, it's the only smart way to be. Like, I only yeah, know something when I see it, you know? Because Ricky Gervais, who's a staunch atheist, in my opinion, he's on the same level of stupidity as mm. the Pope, who oh. believes there is something. Both of you equally don't fucking know. Yeah, 100%. You just don't know. All we know is what you can ascertain from physics, and that is that the universe appears wonderfully intelligently designed, but it may not be intelligently designed. It may be part of a construct of multiverses where the, this universe just happened to be perfect like Goldilocks, whereas the other exploding universes are not perfect. That's a very valid point. So you just don't know. Yeah, there's no way of knowing. Know. Yeah, that's what I've always thought. Like, I was this before I knew what agnostic was. Like, I was sitting, like, I used to, like, think this. I'm like, dude, you don't know what's going on. Just let it go. Like, you want to spend your whole life focusing on this shit that you have no idea is real or not? You know, like. It's so strange. And what I what I find really strange about religion when you focus in on it, it's, um, like, look, I understand, I understand that the, the guy called Jesus Christ was a pretty cool dude who had some amazing things to say and I've I, I understand all, all of his points especially when I'm on shrooms <laughs> they really hit home I get it it's clarity and it's peaceful and it's loving but to watch some you just see the news fleeting you see what's happening at the Vatican and you're like right. who are these weird men in this like extravagant robe with a big big hat like a like a bishop with all jewels on it and yeah. there's these guys with scepters and 
And what is this club? And, and they don't allow women yeah. r- r- like to come they to used this to club? Burn them. What the they used fuck to are burn you women. on? They were like, oh, it's time to start burning the smart women. Or yeah. witches. You know? Witches, yeah. And I think like I think like the Christians are evil, right? Like I'm assuming evil, like their book's evil. There was a time where um, yeah, to, to to back up your point, uh, there was a time just after Christianity was uh, spreading across Europe that yeah they become they became very f- they became a fearful a group to fear yeah they went like, around killing people like yeah, pagans and when shit they like started that. becoming powerful enough um, when they got a bit of muscle they started imposing their order across all of Europe and yeah. if you weren't f- towing the line yeah you'd be fucked. The book says a lot, like, all right, so, like, there's this bit in the Bible where, like, uh, God killed every firstborn child of Egypt to free the slaves, you know? And, like... What a guy. Yeah, oh, man, so he's a baby killer. Not only is he a baby killer, like, there's an easier way to get around that situation, you know, instead of, like, the raining frogs and crap like that. If he has the ability to kill every firstborn child in fucking Egypt, he could have just killed the slave owners. Yes. Like, that's simply. <laughs> like, yeah. But instead, he's like, eh, I'm not doing this unless I get to kill some kids. I don't even think it worked from what I can remember. I think they still had to flee. Like, so he's like, he <laughs> killed mean, him for no reason. This all-powerful God. Like, your your book's fucked. It's confusing. It was... I, I, can't, I had the same conclusion in Bible studies when I was in year seven or year eight. I remember thinking, why, why is Abraham about to cut his son's throat? Because God told him, like... Yeah, for a bet with the devil, was it? I don't know what it was. I don't know. I just, I just remember thinking, oh, Jesus, who's gonna, who would cut their kid's own throat just because God said so? Yeah, that's like, how loyal you have to be. That is so cooked. Yeah. I always, like, wonder what, like, heaven would be like. You know, like, if you actually, like, followed their religion and it is actually there. Like, I'm assuming it's going to be, like, a bunch of, like, pedophile priests standing around a burning woman while God sits in the background biting the heads of babies. Is that your heaven? That's what I'm assuming heaven's going to be like. Yeah. Look, they're fucking, they fucking, they burn smart women. They fucking, like most, they've got a lot of pedophiles in their thing that they seem to be all right with. Mm. God loves killing kids. It's his main focus. And look, I get it. I don't like kids either. Mm. But like, you know, you shouldn't kill them. Well, back then, if you loved, if you wanted to be a pedophile, becoming a priest was the best way to be around them. Yeah, word. Because you had this high. All of a sudden, you could do a short course in Bible studies, be th- be given a robe, your own church, ordained as a priest. Then all of a sudden, you had this high stature in society. Yeah, word. This instant trust from parents, trust. They just implicitly trust you because you are a man of the cloth. Yeah. And then you could just do whatever you wanted behind closed doors, and that's why. The church was rife with pedophiles because it just attracted them. Yeah, fuck you know. Um, I feel but like going back on what you said right, before. Sorry, go on. I feel like denying like that priests of sex. Like, all right, you want to follow me? No more sex for you. What we're gonna do is we're gonna put you around a lot of kids. <laughs> like, well, yeah, that's that's like. Uh, I, mean, I think yeah. you're a cr- like. But denying someone from sex, like you could deny me sex. For as long as you can, but I'm not going to go to a primary school. I'm going to nah. sneak into a brothel. Yeah, right? of course. Brothel. Um, or masturbate constantly. Because that's how my synapses in my brain are firing. Yeah. But their synapses, I mean... Yeah, the weird fucking... They're just firing in the wrong way. Yeah. I don't think... 
you know, this is this is gonna sound really weird, but I think pedophiles should be just pulled away from society, locked up forever, but given Wi-Fi and some creature comforts, but not allowed to mix with society ever, ever again, because we just have to say to him, you came out of the factory line, yeah, you fucked wrong, up. your yeah. wires are crossed. You want to have sex with children and they're, most, they're our most precious asset Man. for our future generation. So we can't let you around them. I reckon None of this fucking let them back out, put them on a register, they live amongst us, they castrate them, they still... Some of them you castrate, but they still end up finding testosterone like cream. Shit, yeah, I reckon just shoot them. Like to be honest, let's get it out of the way. No, donate them to science. Let yeah, cancer research. You could you could use them to fucking test new medicines. Why are you COVID testing vaccine? On, why sorted. yeah? Why are you yeah. testing on cute fluffy rabbits? Yeah, these and beautiful leave them animals. Alone. They're gorgeous yeah. little rabbits with their little noses that look like a girl's beautiful pink asshole yeah. leave them alone there's pedophiles in the world you could be jamming needles Pick into. on the pedos yeah fuck it you know but yeah going back to what you said before about what you think heaven is i think the ancient greeks had a good grasp of what hell is right and i work at a pub where i see people playing pokies <laughs> and i had no idea what hell was but the ancient greeks defined hell as uh their word was golasi and golasi translates to greek as being stuck so their idea of hell was to be addicted to something that you were stuck in a certain cycle that was damaging to oneself. Oh, wow. And I can see that. I can see how hell is repetition and repetition of, a, of an action that you find completely addictive that you can't escape from that's slowly destroying you like pokies or ice or... Cigarettes or beer. Yeah. Sounds like a fun time to me. Sounds <laughs> 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 like just like, hey, Dude, sounds like a good place to go. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm going to. That's my habit. So I think, yeah. Like if you want to go I'm, to hell, yeah, I want to go to hell. I guess you know. Yeah. So Whatever. when you're at the pearly gates, you just ask, yeah. "What's going on in there, bro?" <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there uh, is there any alcohol or cigarettes mm. going on? They're like, no, nah, that's all in hell. Like, oh, guess later, bro. bro. Check you later, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's fun times. Yeah, like, was it? I I think like. Buddhism isn't getting enough fucking, yeah. getting enough people rocking up with a gun and shooting up their their churches. Well, no, but but to be fair to the other religions, Buddhism. I've I read this book. I forget what it's called, but it's I think it's I think it's fucking um, Benjamin Franklin. Believe it or not, he took away all the miracles and all the bullshit. Well, I say bullshit. He took away all the nonsensical stuff from the Bible, from the Quran and from Buddhism teaching and he put it all side by side and he lined it up and it's all the same shit. Oh yeah. Basically. It's the same fucking story. Muhammad, Buddha, Jesus, they all said be kind to each other, treat each other with respect, love thy neighbor. They all said that. They just said it differently. Yeah. It's all the same fucking message. If you need a, re like in saying this, if you need a religion to be a good person, like uh, go for it. Me personally, man, I can just be good and I don't need a religion to tell me what to do. Uh, you have this uh, moral code, right? I just like do a, I just like treat people the way I want to be treated, which I think's from the Bible. Like, but yeah, just, just I can't help doing nice things sometimes. Like sometimes I'm just like, oh, this is the right thing to do, and then I just do it, you know. And I, I don't want to be evil, I guess, but like I don't want to be great, like, like a nice, super nice person or anything. I just want to. Oh, I just, I just, if I can help someone, I will. It's as simple as that. 
Like if there's any way I can help someone who's a nice, not asshole kind of human being, I'll help them. But if they get in my way, I will stamp on them. Yep. <laughs> I'll stamp on their faces. I try every time I fall asleep. Every night I fall asleep nice. Yeah. Like I slip away nicely, and uh, when I've done bad shit, I can't slip off the edge of consciousness into sleep comfortably. Yeah. It plays on me. So what? What do you have to think about F- to be nice? I just no. I'm saying that's my moral code. That's how uh, I live oh, my so you'll day. So you sleep better if you're you've done, if been I, a nice person. Yeah. If I fucked someone and haven't made peace, I can't slip off into sleep peacefully. Yeah. No, I hear you, man. So I think it's uh, that's my um, that's my police. Sometimes I that don't want to do nice up. shit. Like sometimes I'm like I don't want to do this nice thing for this person, but like I'm there and I'm like ah, it's, I'll just do it. Yeah, you know, sometimes sometimes like someone will piss me off and I'll be angry at them. I'll be like, I'll get a chance to do something nice or forgive them, and I'll just be like, fuck it, I'll just do it. What's it? Like I don't want to spend my whole life with this stress or like worried or thinking about it. I'm like, and I, and how much do I really care about it? <laughs> mm. <laughs> like I swear, half the fucking arguments and shit I get in or like with people, I I'm just bored. It's like you, they'll say something, I kind of feel something about it at that moment, and then all of a sudden I'm just like, I don't really care. Like halfway through, and that's when I win the argument because I'm like, I could just fuck with you now. It's gonna be fun. It's pretty much how I write comedy. I go to bars and argue with people about things that I don't really know much about. Do you write pad to pen? Yeah. Well, like I write in my phone. Yeah. Do you write right or do you keyword? Uh, write right. Write right. Like, hey, blah 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 blah. Punchline. Blah blah blah. Because I can't do punch that. Punchline. Punchline. Punch. Like as many as I can fit in in the thing. I used to, I didn't always do it like this. I just kind of like, um, I try and rant on an idea on yeah. stage. And if the rant dies, they just laugh at me because I'm ranting and I get off. Yeah. Well, like this is, this is my biggest problem. I have like, I write this shit down for like six to seven minutes, like of shit that I've written down and I, and I start and like, all right. So like, if I'm talking about my dick within the first like 30 seconds, I I'm now where either they're with me or they're not with me. But I can't change the joke. All my jokes are that long. Mm. It's the kind of comedy I like doing. And I'm like, so I just have to stick it out. But like my thing is like, while I'm trying to stick it out, I'm like, all right, try winning back. Like this bit will get him. This bit will get him. Fuck it. This bit will get him. Until the point where I'm just like, I don't care. Like just have fun. As long as you're having fun, bro. Mm. But yeah, I, I like, I know a lot of people don't like the whole scripted thing, but. I used to just want to, my first year, I'd write down key points, not even without like punchlines and shit sometimes. And I'd just come up with the punchline on the spot. Mm-hmm. And like I'd do it like freestyling. And then I moved to Melbourne and I watched, I went to the Bear Pit when the Bear Pit was like filled with like solid like acts from all over the world and shit like that. Yeah, right. In Exford. Yeah, the late yeah. show. And I went and did my, um, I went and did my bit, which was just like scribbled together. And then I was like, oh shit. These guys have like solid material. I want to try and get that. And then I think I just like doing it like that. Like I like, I like, I don't need to, like I can go off book if I want to, but like, I want to write good material and I'm going to do it until it's good. Mm. You know, like I'll change it. I'll fuck with it. Like over time, I take risks, you know, <laughs> I'm trying to do it the riskiest, hardest way. You have to. Yeah. If you're not going to take risks on stage. Yeah. Fucking what are you doing? You know, yeah. What are you doing? Yeah, you what are you have doing? To, 
you've got to you've got to die. It's just such a weird feeling. It's yeah. I don't even mind bombing anymore now. I'm kind of at this point where I'm like, this didn't work, but this worked yesterday. You know, <laughs> like mm. this worked yesterday. Fine. These people aren't digging it. Just try winning back while it's happening. If it doesn't happen, I'm like, eh. I don't fully bomb properly much. Like as long as I can get like a couple of laughs when like I know I'm bombing, mm. like I'm bombing. As long as one of these punchlines land, I'm gonna be happy. Just mm. one of them. I know it's been five minutes. You know, I think MCing is really fucking teaching me shit. Like MCing's like the hardest job. MCing's very hard. It's really understated. Yeah, I was like here in um, Australia, in, in the UK, and an MC would get paid what the headliner gets paid. Because they underst- they appreciate and respect the MC is the backbone of the show. Yeah, you can't just have shit acts and then a headliner. Yeah, if you bomb, man, like when like oh, uh, it's happened once at the Bendy. I bombed so bad that the next act, he was a good comic, bombed because of me. You left some stink on the stage. I left that stink, and like ah. I knew, I knew I left. It rarely happens, man. I've never, I've never bombed that hard. It's brutal. And he got up and like went to do his thing, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> like I feel so bad. It's the first time I've got him up in my room and shit. I'm like, oh, "I'm such a dick." And um, but I've also done so well emceeing that the next person's bombed. So it works. <laughs> well, that's that's not your business. Yeah. You know what's weird though? I ditched that joke. It was like that joke's worked quite a few times, yeah. but I fucked it up so hard that it bombed so hard that the fucking I quit drinking for two weeks after that. <laughs> so, really? Yeah, I did. I was like... Shell-shocked. I was like, how did I fuck that up so bad? <laughs> like, really? Well, like, I kept, like, getting to a bit and missing the punchline. And that I'd miss a bit that would make the next bit make sense. So it was like, missed the punchline, went, skipped a massive bit, and now I'm just saying hate speech. And I'm like, this, yeah. I'm like, this isn't going well. Well, that's why I got to the point where it's like you've got to start performing sober all the time because then you can just p- see how a joke should go. Like, haven't you? I've noticed now that stand-up is a when you're doing well, you you're, you have a rhythm. It's almost like a dance, like to your words. It's like da 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 punchline da 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 punchline. You have this certain flow. That you can feel it's natural it's the words are clicking into the right yeah. place some people call it the zone or mojo whatever but when i'm sober uh, i can be right there at that moment and feel it but i can't concentrate it on too much because it's like dissecting a frog if you think about it too much you'll become rigid yeah so you sort of just uh i'm aware of its presence when i'm sober and I try not to dwell on it too much because it's like that old fable where a scorpion asked the, the caterpillar, how the fuck do you move all hundred feet and walk, man? And the caterpillar went, fuck, I don't know. And it fell over. So right? it's kind of like... Don't a, overthink it. Like being on ecstasy in front of your parents for the first time. It's like, I've got this feeling. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got this feeling, but uh, look, you're being nice to them. Don't be too nice. You know, don't, don't, yeah. don't go with this feeling too hard. You're going to fuck this up. They're going to know. <laughs> They're going to know. <laughs> my parents would never know because they're Greek factory workers. They wouldn't know if I'm peeing <laughs> off my head. They had no idea. Might have gave me drugs. <laughs> Your dad? Yeah. Oh, and I shouldn't have said that. Ah, fuck it. Mr. Nenki gave you drugs. Yeah. Sick. We just smoked weed together and shit sometimes. 
Did some shrimps. Are you, do you still have contact with your dad? Nah, nah, nah. Do you know where he is? Yep. Yeah, he's in he's in New South Wales. And me and my family don't talk much because they abandoned me when I was young. Really? Yeah, it was all right. No, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. No, it's not. Look, after you fought fought for your butt, Cherry, you really know where you stand in the world. When the, there's too many things happening in that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> Wait, first, but so that your parents told you we're leaving and we don't want you to come? No, they were like, get out. Oh, they said get out. How yeah. old did they say this to you? I was probably like 14 or 13. I can't really remember. Probably 14. Were you a problem kid at that age? or? No, I think my parents had their own issues going on. All right. So you were the only child in the house? Well, I was, here, well, I was living with my mom and she kicked me out when I was 12. And then I moved in with my dad. I was on a lot of drugs at the time, so I don't really know. And he that. told you to leave? Yeah. Because yeah. of your drug problem? No, no, no. He's uh, he's a bit crazy, so we're like, we always fight. Okay. And um, you, you say fight, you'd fist fight. Yeah, I'd hit him with a fire poker sometimes and shit. We're just, it's just about winning because <laughs> he's right. crazy. So he'd flip out and I'd be like, all right, let's do this. And you were 12? Ah, uh, yeah, 12 to 14 or something like that. <laughs> and then when I, and he, he doesn't remember any of this shit. He was like, because he was too far gone. I don't even know what's going on with him. Yeah. So, okay. But like, when you say you don't know what's going, was it just alcohol or was it mental issues as well? I think it's mental issues more yeah, than sure. anything. Yeah. yeah. But um, but yeah, then I then I was just on my own for a bit, and yeah, it wasn't too bad. So you were homeless at fifteen. Yeah, around around 14, 14 or fifteen, something like that. Where where would you um? I'm just trying to get into your head what a day was like for a 15-year-old homeless kid in New South Wales. Like, how does it, like... All right, so you don't sleep on the outskirts of town. The idea is to sleep, like, closer to civilization as possible. Why? Ah, uh, because that's where the creeps are. Okay. People can hear you scream when you're in, like... That's why people, like, are sleeping in the city right now, and they're, they're not out in the bush. All right, uh, you go steal some food. Oh, what was weird is, like, I was trying to get Centrelink, and they weren't giving it to me because I was too young, and my dad had to, like tell them that he kicked me out he wasn't doing it so like um they were just like just steal and don't get caught and i was like all right because <laughs> i don't like stealing it's not like i hate it almost like it's not my thing and then uh yeah you just so where were you stealing food like coles and kmart and shit okay and you get candy from kmart food from coles but i got busted at coles and like i had to fight like go to fight the security guard because if i i didn't want to go to Cobbin. Cause like there was no family to go back to, so it was like, all right, you gotta. He's like, you can either come back with me, or we're gonna, f- or we're gonna drag you back. And I was like, walking back with him, I was like, oh god, I'm not going to cop today. I was like, you're gonna have to drag me back. And they're like, oh, we don't want any trouble. And I'm like, all right, fucking I'm here. So you walked out, yeah. yeah. Because yeah, you would have been in the judicial process of like a boarding home or something like foster care, like just something yeah, like a salvo, some like a dormitory. Place. Yeah. Hey. Okay. I'd, I'd rather just. So yeah, so you'd, you'd rather just go it alone. So you were, st- okay, yeah. So no. you're 15, stealing from Kmart, Coles, eating, sleeping in inner city so that yeah. to avoid the creeps and to be close to in the vicinity if someone could hear you screaming. Yeah, some drug dealers took me in at the end. So okay, that was alright. They raised me good. Hey, <laughs> they're good people. That's a good positive drug story. Yeah, they fed and clothed him. Yeah, man, they sorted me out. Like I lived in like a weird little greenhouse, but then I was like. There's like this drive that kicked in that like I don't think I'd have otherwise. So it's like uh, if I start doing stuff and I just have to do it and like I get really like 
zoomed in on it and just start running at it as hard as I can. Is this now your your general attitude towards, towards things life. you do? Everything, yeah. Yeah, yeah so you have this like, ambition because yeah, yeah. of what you've come from. Like, yeah. it's nothing. No, it was like a, it's a drive that had to kick in. So it's either I can sit here and be here forever or I can run forward. And like, you're going to have to do some shit and go through some stuff, but you got to like, so it's like, I, I'm like, I don't want to be on the street. I want to get into like a nice house or something like that. And you just have to start doing shit. Mm. You got to understand patience, but realize your drive is like constantly pushing you forward. The problem is, is I can't turn it off. So it's like, I started doing comedy for like, uh, like I was at a, at a bar arguing with a dude about if dolphins were fish or mammals or whatever. And like a bunch of people are laughing. Somebody's like, do that on stage and you'll be a comedian. And I went to a comedy room, did it on stage, got laughs. I was like, just chill on this. Don't let your drive take over. Like, just enjoy comedy. Just walk around. Just in, just have, have fun and just don't take it too seriously. And then it was like a week later, I'm like, no, fucking do it. It's <laughs> like, mm. I'm moving to Melbourne. I'm fucking sorting me life out. Yeah. So before that, can you go back to when you're 15, 16, these uh, said drug dealers took you in and you were living in like a the back of a greenhouse? Yeah, like it was like a, in amongst marijuana plants? Nah, no, nah, it was just, they just had a greenhouse kind of okay, thing. Okay, so you were living in there? Yeah, yeah. Just Fucking a, steamy as fuck. It was warm, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Who needs central heating? I didn't sleep much. I was on yeah. a lot of drugs at the time. <laughs> uh, and what, what, what did, how long did that last? Did that take you to 18? Nah, no, nah, it was like, uh, it's hard to put, dates i know like by the time i was 16 and a bit i had to quit drugs and move to byron bay because okay. i was like i'd gone too far who took you to byron yourself i did it yeah okay and w did you stay with a the family there or well, I had were you a, still solo i had a friend i used to rap with and he moved away okay. before all the bad shit went down and then um he was living with a wheelie enough some people in an alien cult but he wasn't in an alien cult he's like come come live with us mm. or come stay on the futon for a bit and just visit. And I went up there and they were like, all right, you can just stay on the futon, pay us 50 bucks. And then I was like, all right, I need to get a job. And then like my drive kicks in again. <laughs> like so become you, normal, sober up. And that's when? Yeah, you know, I didn't do drugs for like five or six years okay. after that. So you bypassed high school? Yeah, yeah, I didn't get high school. I think I was like... Fucking hell. There's a lot of people like you, right, that bypassed high school. And we just think we lived in this privileged world, which we do here in Australia, but there are kids that haven't gone to fucking high school, man. Yeah, yeah, fucking it's, it's, That in itself is fucking criminal. Yeah. I had to teach myself how to read and write. We've been through this already, but yeah, 19 uh, but years you know old. what? I've just joined the dots now because yeah. I'm like, what do you mean you had to teach yourself to read and write? But now I completely understand. It's come full circle. You, you've been on your own for so long. Yeah. Your dad kicked you out because of his drug problem. Then your mum kicked you out as well because yeah, she was sick of you dad. going, yeah. yo, 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 yeah, yeah, get the <laughs> fuck out of the house. Yeah, she wasn't a, she wasn't a. So she was a carbon copy of your dad. No, nah, she wasn't like a good person. Okay. Oh, yeah. so, like she seems good, but like yeah, she wasn't she wasn't really like great. Now I just started playing up on it. I was like, fuck you, I'm not doing what you want. I'm not fucking following your your crazy ideas. Like it was like What were her crazy ideas? I was I was just like there's a lot of neglect that like I didn't really realise at the time, but it was like things like like my room was just like a room with like a stanky ass bed and like a table and a bunch of paper that I would draw on. I only had like two pairs of shorts and a shirt, and all my sisters had like everything in the next room. 
Yeah. Like, well, they had everything they needed. And like... So you were living... When you lived with your mother, you lived with your sister as well. Yeah. And she was... She had a proper... She had everything, yeah. She had a privileged bedroom fit out. Yeah, yeah. So did she. And you had the skank yeah. version. I, was, I just kept thinking like, why do I have to do this? Were, you, like, her, were you her biological son? Yeah, yeah. So, I, but I was, I was mm. just confused about it a lot when I was Very young. confused. What the but fuck? But like, I'm dyslexic. But what could you have done that warranted that from her? You were only 14, 15 at the time, right? Like how? No, that was when I was 12. So that was like. When you were 12. So yeah. how bad can a 12 year old kid be? Jesus. No, it wasn't that bad. So That's like what I, was, I mean. No I kid can be kid. that yeah. bad. Yeah, I don't know. It was just a weird choice for her. Like, but yeah, so, but I was really happy when I moved in with my dad, but my dad was also a bit crazy. But it wasn't that. Like, everything worked out. I'm happy that every, like, not only that, I love my parents still. Like, I wish them 100% the best. Like, I, I don't wish any negative stuff towards them. I just, uh, like, my life's fine. I live good, man. I raised myself pretty well. How, yeah. One thing I want to ask is, how do you fucking, how do you find that forgiveness inside of you to forgive them? I like, where it, does that come from? What is that? Because you're talking about a mother that kicked you out, only gave you two pairs of shorts, a shitty bed with a table, a couple of pencils to draw, a dad who wanted to, was physically abusive towards you. How do you, and kicked you out as well. Wouldn't like, sign paperwork to say you moved out so you could get Centrelink benefits. Where does that? I'm just like I'm. How how do you find that fucking joy inside you to to, to forgive him? Where does that come from? Because that is an amazing ability you have to 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 forgive like that. Yeah. <laughs> but can do. Yeah. Well, it's like fucking. I Fuck. think you. I think you love your folks. You know, no matter what, they're just not good for me, and I'm not good for them. Doesn't mean I have to. Ha it's like a. It's like you meet someone with a different opinion to you. And it makes you not want to hang out. But do you go... But having an opinion is one thing. It's, this is um, like shooting it at like a minor, really minor level. Your, really fucking your life up is a different well, thing. Well, it didn't fuck my life up. I fucking... I ended up... You had to fight. Yeah, well, like I've got this drive in these fucking... Like I have a different view on things, which is annoying. It's weird, like it feels lonely a lot in my head, but... Uh, I, think what I, I think what you're trying to say is something not... To, is it similar to like the Johnny Cash song, A Boy Named Sue? Yeah. He definitely. Named, yeah. Johnny Cash. If you don't know, Johnny Cash has a song where he named his son Sue. And when he's, when in the song, Sue ends up meeting his dad and he bashes him and he goes, Son, I gave you that name because I knew you'd have to fight for your whole life to defend yourself because I wasn't, I'm not going to be around here for you to look after you. So I gave yeah, you well, a girl's name so you could fight. It's similar. Well, similar. it's kind of just like fucking. Like, all right, so it's like fighting for your butt cherry for the first time. All right. Oh, yeah, I wanted to get onto that. <laughs> all right. So like, Where were you? Where did you have to? So I was a kid sitting on a train station really late at night when I probably, like, but I was just kind of like just finding something to do during the nighttime. And this big, fat, drunk guy, like redneck, comes and sits down at me. I kind of look gellish, to be fair. Like, I had really long hair, young, tall, sat down next to me, and then he tried to molest me. So he was like, he's like, put his hand on my leg and he's like, hold my hand, you fucking bitch. And I was like, oh, God. And like, so like you had two things can happen in that situation. So it's like you can just roll over or you can, I had a skateboard next to me. So I flicked the skateboard off and just put it in his face. 
And it's like, da, 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 da. And then um, I ran off. But he was fucked. Like, fucked up his head real good. And I remember, like, sitting, sitting in the, sitting in the, like, a, this park down the road from the train station. And I was, like, hyperventilating. And I was like, I got this. Like, that's the worst thing that could possibly happen. And I got this. So it was, like, every time I... Th- like the wor- every time the worst possible thing has happened to me, I've overcome it. So I'm like, I've got this. Mm. You know, like, like I'm like, all right. So like, I c- I'll walk through a dark park at night by myself because if people attack me, I'm like, I got this. There's no fear in me. I don't like. I'm not scared of anything. Like that, you know. I'm a- I'm afraid of commitment. <laughs> but yeah, like it's given me like strengths that I wouldn't have otherwise. Mm. That I need. Like, to survive, like, like if I feel anxiety, I just run at things. Like, I don't feel, like, I'll be like, I'm nervous, fuck it. Let's just, like, see how this goes. Worst possible outcomes have already happened. Mm. You know, it's like, I, f- I find things easier because of it. Like, like when something bad happens to, like, a group of people, they're like, oh, like, they feel depression. And they get sad for ages, where I just kind of go, fucking, this happened. All right, time to keep moving. Like, deal with your problems, keep moving. Yeah, so, so if it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be this way. So fight for your butt, Jerry. Mm. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, well, make sure you thank them when you win an Oscar. <laughs> yeah, fucking A. Thanks for kicking me out. <laughs> yeah. And to that guy on the train, thanks for trying to rape me, because uh, it really strengthened me. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Like, it's the worst thing you can think of, right? Like, yeah, yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. good. Makes sense. Um, we've got to call it quits, man. That's sweet ass, That's bro. That's time. Thanks uh, for having me, Johnny. Fucking legend. Anytime. Come back again. I will, bro. Thanks, Thanks Nikki, mate. Bye. Peace.